0: Welcome to Discover Indie Film. I'm your host, Jeff Howard, and I'm very excited because I have filmmaker Hassan Elamine with me. Hey, Hassan. Hey, how you doing? I am good. And by the way, when I say I'm excited, I think Hassan and I, like, we've been talking about recording this podcast for a while, right? We had to reschedule a couple times. That's right, that's right. But I'm glad to be here. Finally, together, we're gonna do this. We are, and and for those who can't tell, we are on Zoom. So I apologize if I'm louder than Hassan or if it's sound quality wise, don't blame us. It's the Zoom Corporation, send your complaints to them. And uh, just glad to be talking to you. And I'm just over a cold, so I apologize for the sound of my voice if I don't sound normal, but anyway. Hassan is here because his film, The Strong Box, was at Film Invasion Los Angeles in 2021 and I'm Happy to say it took home two awards from there. It took home the Audience Award for Short Film Horror, and it took home the Filmmakers Award for Outstanding Acting by an Individual. That was for your lead, Joseph Fox. And I'll add that the Filmmakers Awards are given out by a jury of your peers, which Hassan happens to know because the Filmmakers Awards are given out by the Filmmakers Board, which is At Film Invasion Los Angeles and Sherman Oaks Film Festival, we have a set of awards that go to shorts that are decided by fellow filmmakers who've had films at the festivals in the past. And Hassan was generous with his time and has joined the board and watched some films that way and helped decide future winners. And I always kind of like it when someone's won a filmmakers award and then they join the filmmakers board afterwards. I don't know. I, I like that closed loop or something.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's very cool, and uh, you get an opportunity to to watch a lot of great films and and appreciate others' work, and uh, you know, keep
0: that circle going. And, and I believe strongly that the filmmakers who care about watching other people's films, like there's some filmmakers who, when their films in a festival. They show up for their screening and they go home and they're not interested in watching anything else anyone else did. Mm. And, and if you saw Hassan's face when I said that, he was like, <laughs> that makes no sense. Like we're filmmakers. We should want to watch, as, you know, we want to see what our peers are doing. We want to see, you know, get ideas and just be inspired. It's so inspiring, right? To see good stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing going through this, having this experience, um, I'm so much more appreciate appreciative of people that just get a film done, just the process. Having gone through the struggle myself, I'm
0: I'm very less critical of other people's work now these days. <laughs> that, that, that that's a very honorable position to take. And by the way, for people, so the strong box isn't out yet, right? There's Is there somewhere people can watch it? It is not. No, it's not streaming right now anywhere. But it will be soon. It will be soon. So, dear listener, just know that if and when Hassan has decided where he's going to put the film, we will update it in the show notes of the podcast and you'll, you'll be able to watch the film, but because you're going to hear me go on about how fun it is because it's horror comedy, which I think is, which is like, like the perfect marriage of genres. I think like horror is a great genre. And then when someone throws in some humor, I just think it's the best because I always say it's the involuntary reaction. Like, the one thing a filmmaker can't fake is the laugh or the scare, right? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's got to yeah, it's got to come, you know, just uh, naturally, organically. And I, I think that um for me just the the mixing of the two is just it's it's natural. I, you know, I I feel like uh, I'm kind of a silly person. I like to crack jokes all the time, but uh also, I'm terrified of everything, and so it's just how I spend my daily life.
0: <laughs> you know, that is the best thing I've ever heard from someone who's directed some horrors. I'm afraid of everything. This is this is my genre. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I first started uh, thinking about writing,
1: I read Stephen King's book on writing, and, and that's basically what he talks about is, uh, you know, he wrote things that terrified him and, and he was just a person that was afraid of everything. What's in the closet? What's under the bed? You know, who's outside my window? And so uh, I think we all have that if we really admit uh, it to ourselves to some degree. And I, I just try to, you know, put
0: pictures and give life to it. Yeah. And he's a genius at making his fears translate to others. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a absolutely. great place to start. All right. Well, so you got a Stephen King interest. How did you get interested in film? How how old did you get the bug? Oh, man, I was uh, really young, but I
1: don't know if it was um, the bug for creating them as much as just the appreciation. When I was uh, probably eight or nine, my parents would take me not only to, you know, the big Hollywood movies, but they would take me to the little independent art house theaters. And we, you know, we'd watch stuff like you know Kurosawa movies, and you know, um, um, you know Kubrick, and just all kinds of filmmakers that you know challenge audiences, um, and it just it just lit a fire in me, and I just wanted to learn more about this kind of work, and then eventually I started uh, paying close attention to performance and actors so I got in really got into actors for a while and then cinematographers and before you know it I realized you know somebody's making these <laughs> you know I didn't know that it was even an option um to you know pursue it as a career until probably around high school I was in Detroit Michigan and uh and then once I realized you know it was something you know there's, there's a secret to the magic, you know, I did kind of de- dedicated myself right around high school about, you know, trying to figure out how it all worked. But I approached it as an actor first. Um, and then uh, my a- acting teacher at the time said, hey, well, now that you're going off to college and you know a bit about what it takes to do this, um, you know, in front of the camera, why don't you learn more about behind the camera? And so uh, I went to college, I went to Howard University in Washington, D.C., And um, and just immerse myself in filmmaking and fell in love with it. And just I put acting aside and just devoted myself strictly to um, directing and writing and just making these images.
0: There's so many fantastic things in what you just shared, because, first of all, your parents, amazing that they took you to to the art house theater too, where you could see indie stuff. Cause Yeah. talk about a way to inspire a young person and show them, you know, that's to me, that's as good as parents taking their kids to museums and stuff. Right. Because yeah. it just shows you stuff. And then that, that teacher, he didn't even know that you had such an interest in film already. Right. He, he was just assuming that, that going off to college or did he, did you, did he get to know you a bit?
1: yeah no we we uh we talked about the type of acting i wanted to do i mean initially of course you begin mostly it's theater but i explained you know and and that i wanted to do you know movie acting because i was that's what got me into the whole thing with the the love of movies and and then uh, and that's when they explained you know look uh you know, you've you've had some experience here, but it's always better, you know, even if you just want to remain an actor, to know a little bit about the entire process. And once I learned about everything else, that's when you know it
0: took me off on another tangent. And and at Howard, did you completely uh, move on from acting? You, did your interest in acting decreased, and and you got completely devoted to the create to the to writing and directing?
1: Yes. Uh, yes, eventually. I still did a few um, uh, films, uh, mostly student films, um, when I first got there. But then as I, you know, my later years were strictly just the uh, productions all the time, as much
0: as I could do. And was it a fun program? Was it one of those programs where you got like the practical hands-on stuff as well as like film study, reading, reading, you know, studying other films and classic films?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was both. And, um, uh, but at that time, you know, I was just so charged by making the things, you know, <laughs> it's like enough of this theory. <laughs> enough of this history stuff. I just want to make movies. Um, but yeah, we absolutely did both. And, um, we have, a uh, uh Film pro- professor there, Haile Garima, who's um, highly regarded as um, somebody in, in African cinema and, and world cinema, you know, just a, a pillar. And I took classes with him and really learned about um, the Impact that your film can make or choices that you can make, things that you can do writing and camera wise and angle wise. And so it really got me thinking more about film as an art. I don't know that I thought about it as an art form as much before then, but, um, once I took a few of his classes, you know, it really got me thinking, um, to how serious and important film could be because before that, you know, if I just look at a lot of the other big Hollywood movies I was watching, like, you know, Gremlins or something like that. It was just all about the spectacle and how fun movies were.
0: But um, there I really learned about film as an art form. That's wonderful. That's that's yet another gift. And there did you start making shorts, I assume? I did. I started making shorts, you know, group
1: projects with other students and then some of my own um, and, uh, you know, at that time, it was just learning how to expose film because we were shooting on film at the time. And it was just learning how to, you know, get something, you know, how to communicate with an audience with images. And, and uh, you know, it was uh, I really like some of those earlier films because when you're young, And you don't know any better. You can really go wild and do a lot of experimentation that, you know, you restrict yourself later as an adult. But when you're just working with that, you know, you know, for for all intents and purposes, like a child, you know, you have these new tools and these new toys and you're just going crazy. And so I really like those days, um, the creativity and the experimentation that came out of that.
0: It really is a wonderful time, isn't it? That college era is, you know, the, yeah, the, even if you have stuff you're embarrassed of, part of you just loves it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> plenty of that. Yeah, I, I, I've learned not to be too precious about the work that I've done over the years and uh, just enjoy it for what it is. And it's all a learning process and you're growing. And um, yeah, so I'm not, yeah, I appreciate yeah.
0: And the great thing about school, right, doing it at school is is also, like you said, like you worked on other people's, like you learned collaboration. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I learned, uh, um, well, that's really the biggest thing that I took out of that experience, too, is um, uh, learning to do all the different roles. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you're partnered with people that don't quite uh pull their weight <laughs> in these group projects. So sometimes it was learning, you know, even if I was on board as just the camera operator or something, I had to learn to direct actors a little bit or, um, you know, fix lines in the script or things like that. So uh it really gave me a good sense of, you know, the whole package of production, everything involved. And I think, you know,
0: I, I, I'm a better filmmaker for it. For sure. Yeah. Lord knows most college productions, there's always, uh well, not just college, but. And every time like a sketch troupe like starts trying to shoot their stuff, someone eventually becomes a director. Right. Because. Yeah. Someone has skills where they're better off behind the camera, I think. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes and uh I've been surprised to learn that a lot of people can't see what you see as clearly as you see it sometimes. And I think that's probably what makes me a director is I have a very clear vision of, uh, uh, you know, a project, even if it's just in script form or, you know, whatever, I really can see the whole package. And sometimes you get with people that can't do that as well. So, you know, but their strengths lie somewhere else. Like you said, if it's a sketch troupe, then, you know, they're more of the performer. And then somebody, if you look at like Key and Peele, you know, the, the comedy team, you know, clearly one of them is more of a director, writer, creator. The other one's more of a performer. And that works for them. But, you know, I was you just
0: theory. you just named my favorite duo on Earth. <laughs> That's awesome. And not just because I have a picture with Keegan-Michael Key where he and I look like we're separated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I really like him as a performer, too. I think he's actually, of the two, he's the stronger performer. And it makes sense that their past have ended, you know, gone where they're gone. And I, and I think, uh, you know, I just can't wait to see more from him and wait to see his, you know, you know, him really hit that project where he really
0: takes off. Agreed. Jack yeah, as well. Not that we should go on a key and peel tangent, but we're both <laughs> yeah. fans, so we might as briefly do it. Which yeah. is yeah, with Keegan, it's without Jordan's writing and directing. And right. Keegan write code. He wrote with them. They yeah, wrote together. Absolutely. Other. But when Keegan, Michael Key does other people's stuff, it's always a step lower, I think. Than, yeah. Than when He and Jordan were collaborating.
1: Yeah. And that's why I say, I mean, of course, you know, he's in all kinds of projects. He's doing a lot of great things. And I'm sure any other uh, non-working actor would love to be where he is. But I I think he is still yet to really find that project that really showcases um, him like the show did, but just on a bigger
0: level. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Someday there's going to be a feature there. He's the lead. And there's Oscar talk because the guy's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank, thankfully Jordan's over Jordan Peel's now an Oscar winner and, and probably and <laughs> if you were to talk to me, there's more. But anyway, you can move on from Keen Peele. <laughs> My apologies for jumping on it, but no, sadly not is. everyone is well versed in those two. So
1: Right. Well, um, you know, I, I I I just take in all kinds of media all the time. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. But well, here, let me jump back to college. So it sounds like the college experience was great and then uh, what how did you approach it after graduation
1: um well after graduation uh i was a bit lost <laughs> coming out of uh college uh and then coming to los angeles um didn't know anyone here um had no contacts and so i kind of uh the first thing i did was get work um so i worked at you know pa several places and eventually landed um, at uh, a place where they, you know, needed an editor. And so then I was able to start editing. And so then once you're making money and you're kind of editing and you're doing your thing, and I kind of let the the film thing kind of drift away. And then um, I was approached by a friend to do a project. And um, the project didn't end up coming to fruition, but it lit the fire in me again to do something. Um, And so uh, moving into uh, the strong box, I just said, look, I just want to do something. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, try my hand at really seriously writing something that's very cohesive and a nice compact tight, you know, story. And, um, and let's just see where it goes. And so I said, uh, I started that uh, just uh, kind of noodling around on the screenplay, eventually landed on the story. And then I saw this commercial from um, uh, who's the guy that does Hamilton or did Hamilton? Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. He had an American Express commercial where he's talking about his process of, of uh, creating Hamilton. And he did it um, over the years, just rewriting, rewriting, fixing it, going back, changing it, giving it to new people, doing showcases, getting feedback, rewriting it. And he's just like, you know, you have to keep working your idea until it's, you know, perfect. And so that's what I did. I basically wrote like 10 drafts. Of a, of a short film <laughs> and just showing it to people, constantly working it. And then when I felt like it was ready to go, I really started to figure out, okay, now how do I get this done? Assembling the team, assembling the actors and all that. And um, it's just been a great experience and a great learning experience. And I can't wait to take that and go on to the next bigger and
0: better thing. And did your years of, uh, I assume editing was 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 for a good chunk, did you meet a lot of people there that you could turn to when you were putting together your team?
1: Well, that's what I realized too, was uh, once I decided, Hey, I want to try to pursue this uh, th- thing as a filmmaker. I realized I didn't know a lot of people. I met, you know, actors and, you know, cameramen and, you know, a lot of creative people. And I realized that it was doable. You know, um, you know, when I first came out here, Hollywood was so big <laughs> and just, you know, I just uh, I think I was a bit overwhelmed. And so um, I realized that over the over the years of just working. Yeah, I've made a lot of contacts now. I have a lot of, you know, I, I you know, uh, I understood a little bit better, you know, the film festival circuit, just the whole thing. And so um, it
0: made it a lot easier. Uh, when I finally decided to approach it again, that's excellent. And and so I'm, I had no idea. So the strong box is pretty much the first project you threw yourself into for yourself since yeah. getting uh, since post college.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I've done you know I've been involved with small productions here and there, but it was the first like real you know like effort where I was like I'm out of school. I really want to try to do something you know, uh, professional, um, and and that people will enjoy. And, uh, horror comedy was just something easy to me. I knew not everybody loves horror movies, but comedy, you know, like you said, if if it hits you, if it hits you right, you know, it's involuntary. And so, uh, I I figured it would be a, a, a nice, easy genre for me to be involved with and also something easy for other people to like. I made sure that, um, and I gave myself some restrictions, um, no profanity in it. You reach as wide as audience as possible and just, you know, really make it kind of, even though there's, uh, overtones, maybe undertones of, you know, horror, you know, there's some, you know, disturbing ideas in it, but the comedy is,
0: forward and and uh makes it easier for audiences to get into a hundred percent yeah in fact it's funny there's different uh like like horror is not a uh homogenous genre right there's all kinds of types of horror Mm -hmm. and there's the the hard jump scares there's the slow creepy and yours is kind of like yeah it's like the fun like it is a a relatively it's not a scary concept, but if it were real, it would be
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's that that's where I feel like the horror comes into when I think about <laughs> what has happened and what happens in the film, if I was in the situation of my protagonist, um yeah, it'd be terrible <laughs> but uh. But, yeah, but I wanted to make it easy for, you know, you know, and I have relatives that don't like horror movies. So I wanted to make it easier for them to enjoy. Um, And just anybody who, you know, is not a horror fan, you know, something just a a light, easy way into it.
0: Absolutely. And it came and whole process like writing the script. Once you have the script, you did all your drafts and you, you were happy with it. Was it easy assembling your team? You had a, had, a, had the people in, in hand and did you have your lead actor in mind or was that audition?
1: Uh, auditions. You know, I did a whole audition process. I think I did like uh, two weekends of auditions. Um, I found, um, you know, a lot of great actors, um, especially for a project where they weren't getting you know, paid a lot of money. But a lot of great actors and hungry people willing to collaborate. And, um, you know, when I did, I found my lead, uh, I knew right away, <laughs> I knew right away. He just had, you know, the right energy, the right uh, feel for the project. And, you know, and one of the big things was that, you know, Normally you have the final girl in a horror movie that has to do all the screaming, but this, but this is, this is a, this is a a male role. And so when he screamed in the audition, (laughs) I knew that was my guy. That was a test. You can't really fake that. And um, yeah, he did that really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I learned this when, when it was at the, at the festival, uh, and of course, it was a a COVID festival, so we it was virtual. We were stuck virtual, right, back in June of 2021. But the the vaccines had just hit us, but not enough people had gotten them yet, so we couldn't go back in the theater. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you told me that you wrote it with with Joseph Fox in mind, I would have believed you because he just fits it perfectly. I, I understand. Yeah. Your reaction. Yeah, no.
1: And this was really one of the, you know, few uh, acting jobs he had done. He was a stand up comedian um, who's interested in in doing more acting and he just did a a fantastic job. And so uh, uh, hats off to him. And, And
0: your other actor is also excellent.
1: My other actor, uh, Time Winters, is fantastic. He is uh, the opposite in the sense that he is very seasoned, has been around for quite a while. And as I tell him, uh, he has the career I would want if I was an actor, meaning he's done everything. He's done, uh, you know, television shows. He's done movies. He's done, you know, the like the CSIs and the Law and Orders. And then he's also done uh, Star Trek. He's, done, he's been uh, the voice in like major video games, like Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid. He's just done all kinds of things. He's done, he's done theater. And he was actually at the time when I met him, he was writing a book on, I believe it was Bella Lugosi. So he's in the horror too. He
0: was perfect. <laughs> he is. And, and Lord knows when, when you see him, you do say to yourself, "Oh, I know that face. I've I've seen him." Like, yeah, there is yeah. something special about a character actor who's just had a long career and yeah knows knows what to do on set. That must have been great because you had a, a a film set rookie and a film set veteran there collaborating. Yeah, and it was a
1: it was a bit scary for me because you know I'm I'm also a new director, and so um, you know one of my fears was. Do I have what it takes to not only um, get what I need from this actor that has a little bit uh, less experience, but also will I be intimidated by this actor that has so much more experience than me? But he was very gracious and uh, Time Winters was very gracious and very easy with me. And Joseph was very, very game to learn and do whatever it needed uh you know that the role required um we did some stunt work and everything and uh he was very game for that and so um yeah just it was a great experience
0: yeah well actually I meant when you were talking about uh how you you do read things and you get a vision I think actors if they know the director has a vision they're Mm -hmm. just happy to go with it the only thing that frustrates them is if the director isn't sure, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, that's one problem that
1: I've not really had <laughs> in life it's like hey, do you want to eat this or eat that? I always tend to know.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. And, and I was going to add that like when you told me when you read a script you visualize it, like I think that is such a sign of a director because you know a lot of people if they read a script you have to coach them like don't read this like a novel. Don't just read the words and hear them. Right. Project what you're reading onto a movie screen. Right. Yeah. And and direct it in your mind. And, yeah. and there's some people that just naturally direct what they read. And there's people who read it. And you're like, did you visualize? And they're like, I just, you know, heard people talking to each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, you know, the greatest director's can take a script. And like you said, there's words on the page. There's an initial thought, but they can take it and they can really transform it. And um, that's what I aspire to be is to really, um, you know, uh, showcase uh, my own ideas and, um, and do something different and unique. And uh, um, yeah, so I'm still learning,
0: but trying to learn from the best. Absolutely. And you also uh, have, Obviously, I guess your instincts were also informed by uh, your experience because you you wrote basically a one location short. Yeah, I wanted
1: to make it very um, easy and doable because, uh, you know, like I said, the the project before that that I tried to work on kind of didn't land, didn't take off. Um, for various reasons. And so for this one, I just wanted to make sure this is something I could complete. And uh, that was another lesson coming out of uh, film school was there were so many people that started projects and never finished them. And I just know that, you know, in this industry, even if your project's not that great, if you complete something, somebody, if you have something that someone can watch on the screen, There's all kinds of people and anything you do can find an audience. And so I just wanted to make sure I was going to finish this project. And when it's done, somebody's going to like it, but I have to get at least get it finished. And so I just wanted to set it up from the writing to the production, to the post-production, just
0: make sure it's something that can be easily completed. Um, Easily completed, but I'll I'll compliment you additionally that, you did add some, you know, you, you there's good VFX in it. And, you know, yeah. that's certainly, that's, that's ambitious, right? To, to write VFX and give yourself the task of having them look good. Right. Well, we were,
1: before, earlier, we were talking about Avatar and the simplicity of the story. Um, when you have a simple story it allows you to then, you know, create layer things on top of it that make it, you know, even more impactful. So I wanted to have a simple story that was easily accomplishable, but then as many flourishes artistically that I could layer on there, you know, that would, uh, you know, give us some interest and some impact and have, you know, people really feel something toward the end of it. So
0: that was my goal. Excellent, well, I think goal accomplished for sure, and I guess I didn't ask. I mean, so I saw the film for a june twenty twenty one festival, and for those who can't do the math, that was about a year and three months into a global pandemic yeah did was the strong box all done before it hit or during? So, yeah, we actually,
1: uh, began production, um, just before the pandemic. And then, you know, I had this idea of this fantastic festival run where I would be going to different places all around the world and meeting all these people. And I literally, just as I was finishing up the last credits on the movie, I think it was uh, the, the, the actual show. So I marked the actual pandemic by there was a Friday. I can't remember the exact date, but the NBA shut down and they said, yeah, they killed the rest of the season. And it was like, I finished the film on a Wednesday and then Friday (laughs) the NBA killed their season. And for me, the pandemic actually began. And, uh, Yeah, so that was a bit of a letdown, but um, fortunately, a lot of festivals, including yours, um, were able to transition to online, and that was just a godsend. And um, it really, I think, opened up my opportunities, because I imagined I would only be in festivals that I could actually go to, but the festivals that this film has been in, have been all around the world, places that I've never been able to go on. And so I just think it's it's amazing. I mean, it's 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 sad in one way that we couldn't get together and be in a theater together, but really great that a lot of different audiences are still able to see these films.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a double edged sword on that. Yeah, because and especially because a lot of festivals shifted with the virtual thing of, Letting people who couldn't attend do a and a by Zoom and stuff. So, yeah, all of a sudden you could travel to Japan virtually or whatever, you know, it's right. something else. Yeah, no, it's really impressive.
1: And, uh, you know, I think, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, as we see, we're here on Zoom meeting. It's something that's still going to be with us. And you know, there's a benefit to it that you know I appreciate. And, you know, I would rather be in the room with someone still, but when you can't, you know, you still have access to um, you know different audiences, and that's only a good
0: thing. For sure, I agree. Yeah, actually, the the June Film Invasion LA in 2021 that was the the, the second Film Invasion LA that couldn't be inside the theater because LA's rules were like. You can only sell twenty five percent of the seats, and it was like, why well, have a festival where you where you uh, are not going to allow people to attend? So, right. But we did do that in person mixer, which was nice, in like an outdoor patio of a restaurant.
1: Yeah, no, that was very cool. Was
0: so cool. at least filmmakers got to meet face to face, even if uh, you know. Thank goodness I didn't hear about anyone getting COVID after that. So
1: No, I certainly didn't. And I certainly appreciated uh, that mixer because that was one of the few experiences that I had over the course of this festival run to actually meet other filmmakers, talk to people. One of the things um, that's difficult as someone who wants to direct is uh, you really don't get a chance to... Learn from your peers as much because you know you're you're the 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 sole you know shot caller at that time and you're not really you know learning how someone else would do it and so anytime you get together with other filmmakers like the mixer you just mentioned um, you know I got a real sense I was able to talk to people and say hey how did you end up you know finding funding for your project or what did you do in this particular situation or or they asked me what did I do, and I explained to them you know my process, and so it's really an opportunity to 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 learn and grow, um which is why I wanted to do the whole festival experience, and so I was appreciative that
0: you know to have that moment and after June, did you get any in-person festivals in because it wasn't it was only a month or two later I think that things started to relax that summer.
1: So, you know, of course, there was a lot of relaxing and then restricting again. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's true. That's true. So.
0: I might be, I might be <laughs> uh, rainbow coloring my, my, my glasses looking back at that summer.
1: But uh, yes, I did. I was able to have some other experiences um, and uh, also opportunities to have the film projected on the big screen and be there in the audience with other people. And those were all very good. Um, There was only a handful of them (laughs) over the course of the few years because, uh, you know, uh, depending on what the restrictions were at that time, um, you know. So um, now I think I'm hoping we're kind of coming out of that and we can do more in-person experiences. But, you know, we'll see.
0: We will see and uh so was it super inspiring after the festival i assume your festival run is wrapped now
1: yeah we've wrapped our festival run and um it was a great experience very informative um just on all fronts just learning from other people watching other films um seeing what's possible in a short film because you know going into it i had my ideas on what a short film was and now i see Anything's a short film. <laughs> uh, as long as you're engaging and entertaining audiences, anything can be, you know, uh, a, a great project. And so it was just great seeing all that, meeting people, um, making contacts. And uh, um, and the impressive thing was, you know, I didn't know what people would think of this film or, or my ideas. And so it's, it was fun uh, seeing what people thought their reactions, you know, and again, not just American audiences, but internationally.
0: And um, yeah, it was just amazing. And uh, I assume it gave you the bug to make more films. The, the bug grew, right? The inspiration grew. You, you're definitely going to do some more. Absolutely. So over the
1: pandemic, well, I guess it would be a, a year later, I did a pandemic project, which I, you know, um, had to follow, you know, protocols and everybody's masking and all that. But I did another film called, uh, we are beautiful is very short, short, uh, film that, uh, I just caught the bug and I wanted to do something. So, you know, grabbed, uh, you know, the same team as before. Um, and you know, we shot mostly, um, outdoors for safety, um, got people tested and all that, and, um, really tried to do it safely, but, just a small, another small sh- horror short film. Um, and uh, you know, again, learn much more doing that one too. Um, this one was a bit more guerrilla style. We ran kind of like a lot of downtown LA shots, just grabbing shots and uh, trying not to get kicked out of places, but uh, it turned out well. And um, also had a, a good festival run too. Um, and I'm excited to move on to the next thing.
0: Excellent, excellent. and uh still editing?
1: I'm still editing I, 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 that's how I, I make money and live <laughs> as an editor, uh, but by the uh, way,
0: <laughs> kudos to you on that because not oh, I don't want to insult the the waiters and the bartenders and the personal trainers, but yeah, <laughs> Lord knows it's I think it's a healthier thing for a filmmaker for their to have a film related gig to cover the rent and whatnot.
1: Yeah, it does help indeed. And in particular with the editing. So when I chose or decided to, decide to produce, produce, pursue editing as an option, um, it was on the mind of, well, you know, it's not directing, but perhaps this could lead to it more so than, you know, being a costume designer or something like that. No shade to the costume designers out there. But, um, But, uh, you know, and in editing every day, you're seeing, you're, you're visualizing how this thing could be in the end and you're, you're trying different things, you're working it, you're going through the process. And I feel like, you know, then when I do my own projects, it's just, you know, I already have that skill, I already have that training. It's not a leap for me to, even when I'm on set shooting, um, visualizing shots, um, it's very easy for me to connect the dots in my mind. And, uh, and that way, you know, I feel like you don't have a situation where you have people kind of, you know, on set. Does he know what he's doing? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I've, I haven't really had that problem because, you know, it's very easy and naturally, natural for me to visualize things. And I think it's because of all the time I've
0: spent as an editor. For sure. And you just made me realize, besides, I've always thought of people who, I mean, there's actually a lot of filmmakers I meet at the festivals who edit for Mm -hmm. a living. And I always think of it as like great editing practice. But you just made me realize that a film editor looking at all that raw footage and putting it together, working with a director that editor sees that director's style more so than anyone else. Like you, you get to see all the footage that isn't used. You get to see all the footage that all the coverage they chose to get, get, it's actually talk about an insightful way to, to watch someone else's work.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the other good part of it. It is, it is, it's, it's school, you know, in a lot of ways with a lot of different styles and, and, you know, um, uh, I come across people that are, you know, they have a vision. They're very strong vision. They're very decisive. But you also come across people that kind of you know they need to see it take shape first, and so it it almost allows me to be editor and director um, in helping get it closer to the vision you know that someone has. And sometimes, frankly, they don't quite have a vision, <laughs> so. <laughs> So sometimes, you know, you are, you know, director and editor at the same time, you know, uncredited, but <laughs> but it doesn't matter to me as long as, you know, I'm developing and learning and growing. And it's something that I enjoy doing. So even if I, I never became a director, a paid director, um, it's still an enjoyable way to, to spend my time.
0: Well, that's excellent. But you are directing now. You got two films and... And what sounds like about a two year period. So that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. I, 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 you know, I really appreciate, uh, you know, all the people that were, you know, willing to take a shot on me and work with me. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's fun just, uh, being able to collaborate with people, um, and get different ideas together. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning, um, much more, uh, how enjoyable that collaborative process is, because um, a lot of times as an editor, I'm a, just alone in the room by myself. It's just kind of like my ideas. Or when you're a writer and you're just writing, it's all your ideas. But then when you actually get to the production stage, and it's so collaborative, and you got a lot of uh, these other creative people and their input, it really can, you know, um, show you more. You know, you learn more about your idea than you thought was there. And uh, I'm really, um, I
0: really like that about the process. Absolutely, I mean, wonderful that you enjoy the process. I think, I think it's gonna be the rare filmmaker who doesn't enjoy the process as much as the, the result. Right, well,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, but you have all kinds. I mean, there's some people that you know like production, there's some people that hate production. They don't really <laughs> like all the personalities and they prefer just to be in the edit room to, to craft the film. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm really learning what my process is, but, uh, but right now I just love it all. I love every aspect of it. You know, I love the auditions. I love, you know, the, the editing, the writing, just every part of it. I mean, uh, so it's just, it's all good for me.
0: Excellent. Most excellent. All yeah. right. Well, and I know you planning another film for 2023. Is that, is that on your radar or just Sorry. a festival run for the last one?
1: Yeah. So, um, right now I'm, uh, writing and, um, just crafting, uh, I want to do something a little bit more serious this time, uh, just to kind of exercise that muscle. Cause it's very easy for me to crack jokes and laugh and be silly, but I want to see if I can do something, um, with, uh, a lot of, uh, much more dramatic still a horror film <laughs> probably more of a slow burn kind of thing but yeah I'm, I'm working on that next
0: so stay tuned stay tuned and i feel i'd be derelict before we go i just gotta ask you know you, you love comedy and and i know you started with acting are you ever tempted to perform again or, or is that long long in your past
1: uh No, I, I would be interested in doing it again. I haven't uh, done it in a while, so I would be nervous about it probably in the beginning. But any any, you know, especially if I, you know, found a project that I was really interested in, be, be it my own um, or someone else's. Yeah, I'd be game for that. Uh, and I used to do a lot of acting in my own projects and found that difficult <laughs> to wear all those hats. Um, so I've kind of taken myself out of my own stuff, but uh, if I could find somebody um, to collaborate with that really had something interesting. Um, yeah. I'd be willing to do that again.
0: Yeah. Or if your own stuff, you end up with a big enough crew where you can, you don't have to, right? Cause when you're making an indie, you got to, fo- you got to wear so many hats. But Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But I still find it just uh, very, I don't know how people did it. Like they, okay. Case in point, Mel Gibson directed Braveheart. Did he really? <laughs> <laughs> because it's a, that's a massive movie and you, and he's the lead in every scene. So it's, it's questionable how much you can say you really put your stamp on it as a director, but maybe he did. I won't,
0: I, maybe he did. Well, no, I think you're totally incisive there because, uh, I won't name names, I'll name a name, but I won't name the person who shared it. But when I was in, I think in school, might've been college, uh, you know, when you grow up in LA, you know, some people's parents are in the industry and somebody's dad, who I knew very well, was a key person involved in Dances with Wolves, Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner was nominated for Best Director. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman told us he had no idea what he was doing. It was just everyone the studio hired to be around him, the right yeah. editor, the right cinematographer, all these, everyone right. made the decisions for him and he just acted in it. Yeah. And uh, then everyone gave him credit as best director. And honestly, <laughs> he was just in a little cocoon of talent. And yeah. he would say, shouldn't we do this? And then everyone would go, no, let's do that. And yeah. he got a, he got nominated <laughs> for best director, which uh, it was kind of funny. Yeah. I'm proud of myself for not naming who it was, but.
1: <laughs> no, you know what? If I can find myself in that cocoon of talent, I'd be willing to star in that picture. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, in your case, you uh, have already shown your talent as a director. So <laughs> yeah. it would just be that you can direct <laughs> and know that you don't have to worry. Is the food arriving on time? and right. And uh, are people getting driven? and blah blah? blah. Yeah, there's so, I mean, India is, is a big challenge. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um,
1: So uh, in terms of, I have a question for you in terms of all the films you've seen as a a programmer. um, Is there something, is there uh, something you look for in a, in a short film um, where, you know, okay, this is, yeah, this is this is this is really good. This is really stand makes it stand out from all the other hundreds of submissions that you get.
0: Well, it's this is a. I hope it's not an unsatisfactory answer, but I think the number one thing is originality and creativity. Mm. I don't. I, I admit sometimes a short that's uh, a story we've seen a thousand times, and it's but it's told really well. Mm-hmm. Is good enough for the festivals,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I have a personal bias. I'd rather see something mm-hmm. that uh, is a very fresh take, even mm-hmm. if it's a little less polished. Right, I tend to champion those. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that, so that's that's yeah. So creativity, I tend to you know, if I tend to get out my pom poms and be the cheerleader for the the super creative ones or the ones that you know these are a nice twist on something
1: yeah over the ones that are you know obviously you know maybe you hear about them from some other festival or they're super polished you're looking for more originality or creativity or
0: that's what you know yeah i mean if something's super polished and original woohoo you know I, yeah I, I i start applauding but yeah if someone did a uh this is this is a scenario I always make fun of, so I'm I'm happy to repeat it. Which is, you know, if it's uh, if it's the film about the the young man who wants to ask a a, a young lady out and mm-hmm. is trying to work up the courage. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen that a thousand times from Hollywood. Like you better be, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not sure that story could be polished enough for me to not want to block it from the festival. Even if like other members of the jury enjoyed yeah. it, I'd be like, you know. Let's stick with the, you know, I can. Let's let's just go back to those dating films from the '80s if you want that. I don't know. (laughs) That's that's my bias.
1: And yet that's every, uh, beginning male, uh, uh, filmmakers, uh, first film or journey is, <laughs> you know, I think it get, is. you gotta it get is. that and one hard out of the way. So I'm sure you see a lot of those. Yeah. I guess
0: I have forgotten what it's like to be in your twenties <laughs> or teens. I don't know. I just gave away that I didn't figure out how to ask anyone out until my twenties. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, um, again going back to you know just seeing you know going through this film festival circuit and seeing a lot of these films i'm you know very impressed and um excited by all the different things that i've seen and what is a short film for me i feel like my own stuff i'm a little bit more restrictive in terms of like story a cohesive story but A lot of times people make a short film that doesn't necessarily have a a beginning, middle and an end, you know, Uh, maybe it's just a snippet and it's perfect, you know, and it works. And um, I just, you know, the amount of different uh, creative expressions that I've seen over this time have just been amazing. And um, you must have a hard job (laughs) trying to, you know, pare all these down or does it or do they reveal themselves very quickly?
0: I think it's the latter. I think, well, I mean, there's a jury, you know, so really the selection process is downloading the jury votes off a of film freeway and sorting it from best to worst, you know, and yeah. and taking the, the cream of the crop. But then obviously where you draw the line, that's where the art comes in. You might pull some, I might be like, well, if we grab this one from below the line and replace that one. And so that's, that's where my own personal opinion might fit in a little, sure. but. But thankfully, we you know our festivals are ranked in the top hundred for best reviewed, mm. so we get a lot of submissions, so it's actually not that hard to pick out the good stuff, right? I mean, you as a member of the jury was it was it hard on the filmmakers board to to rank your top five?
1: you know, I guess you know the the times in which I was doing it uh there were moments where it was a little challenging, and then there were moments where it was like. Yeah, very
0: obvious. (laughs) Sometimes it is really tough. Sometimes, you know, no one's ever done it to me. But if someone, by the way, I'm giving away, I don't think it's a giveaway. Uh, I'm proud that the Filmmakers Board does rank choice voting, as they call it. So you just give five points to one film, four to another, three, two, one, and whoever gets the most points gets that award. But that way, you know, I love that if a film is second place on everyone's ballot, it's probably going to win. Yeah. But, uh you know, that's how I believe democracy is supposed to work. I, I, hear, I hear that that, <laughs> that avoids the extremes in politics, but I don't want to go into politics. Yeah. But no one's ever challenged me and said, you know what? I'm going to give 4.5 to two films hmm. and then 3, two, 1. But if someone did that, I'd respect it. I'm like, you know, sometimes it is. Like, you just can't pick. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I really love these films equally and they're different enough that I, I, I see them as equals yeah but no one's done that yet no one's ever said i'm gonna give my top two four and a half each (laughs) but in theory you know you got 10 points to hand out and you can do it any way you want it's more than 10 i just had terrible math i think it's 15 no i whatever 18 but anyway yeah because five plus one and four plus two and three no ah whatever i'm 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 wasting (laughs) time now but yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: so um, yeah no I uh, yeah it is uh, I imagine and maybe it's just the you know uh, you know I've just seen a a lot of great films and even films that you know aren't necessarily as great as some others like I said I've just learned so much from everybody's productions and just I've become much more lenient and less critical and just able to see, you know, the pitfalls, the many pitfalls that could happen to prevent you from ever, ever getting a finished film and just so appreciative that, you know, people take the effort. They really try different things. And um, um, yeah, I just, you know, I I, I I'm, I'm much nicer now than I
0: used to be. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's excellent. And uh, you know, Hey, we're, we're gonna stop recording in a minute and and sure. then we'll start recording again and get your four questions answers and maybe I'll get to hear some stuff that you don't like I don't know but okay anyhow okay <laughs> before we run do you want to uh, name a website or social media for people to to follow your stuff sure you can find
1: the film the strong box at uh, the strongbox dot short film on Instagram and uh, myself, I'm Mr. MR Hassan Elamine, H A S S A N E L A M I N, on Instagram as well.
0: Excellent. And, and, uh, and, and there will out. be uh, clickable links in the show notes. I'm pretty good about that. So Very people cool. should check out this stuff. And that is, yeah. So now I am going to ramble off uh, my stuff. So, hey, thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the Discover Indie Film podcast where the cream of the crop from the festival circuit gets a chance. This this whole podcast started because the film festivals I program, we got a nice 15-minute or so Q&A at the theater after every film, but, boy, 15 minutes for a filmmaker to talk about their work, mm. <laughs> and in those 15 minutes, we got to open up to questions from the audience, and sometimes those questions, sometimes I'm like, could we please ask something better than that? But anyway... <laughs> So I just said, hey, let's let's talk to people. on you know, I had a podcast microphone for a silly reason from, from a friend. So I was like, hey, let's let people talk at length about their work. And so please like and subscribe to the podcast. And the podcast itself gave birth to a TV series on Prime Video. So if you want to be a very nice person, go to Amazon Prime Video. Hopefully on a big TV, don't watch movies on your phone, but open the Prime Video app (laughs) and type in Discover Indie Film. It'll auto-complete somewhere along the way. And there are right now seven seasons of excellent short films uh, from the festival circuit uh, that came together as that. And we talked about uh, Hassan's film, Strongbox, won awards at Film Invasion Los Angeles. If you want to learn more about that festival, we hold it every June, which means I got to start watching submissions now. (laughs) because mm. <laughs> uh, we're getting a lot of submissions. I, I actually told myself first of the month next month I'm going to start watching every night. But mm. anyway, uh, <laughs> and I'm very lucky because I have a very kind wife who who's, who actually enjoys film as much as I do so we, we watch them together. But anyhow. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, also if you want to learn more about Film in- Invasion Los Angeles you go to FilminvasionLA.com or at film invasion la on social media. And there is a sister festival every November called the Sherman Oaks Film Festival. That one's also ranked in the top hundred worldwide for best reviewed, and you can learn about that one if you go to ShermanOaksFF.com, and it's at ShermanOaksFF on social media. And one last thing I'll always mention now is that uh, because I have no respect for my personal time, I started one more thing besides. Programming two festivals and doing this podcast with a little TV series born out of it. You know, films are great, they deserve platforms. So myself and a partner created a platform called hi TV, H-I-T V. It's a smart TV app. Editors note every time I say high TV, I should have actually said TV High. The service has been rebranded. It is called TV High, as in watchtvhigh.com, T V-H-I. And you can learn more about it on social media if you go to at Watch TV high. And that's always TVHI. Back to the podcast. They are great films, and they're even a little better if you watch them when you're high. If you live somewhere where marijuana is legal, <laughs> I highly recommend High TV. I recommend responsible drug use. I got friends in recovery, so I don't take that lightly, but mm-hmm. fortunately, uh, I won't go into a big... Uh, I'm so – see, I'm just giving away that I'm so old that, like, I still see marijuana as, like, a dicey subject. Like, <laughs> I think it's just about – everyone's accepted. It's around the same as alcohol and probably better for you. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble someday. with these nice. But uh, there's really great films on there. And there's a smart TV app on Amazon, Fire TV, and Roku TV, and Apple TV, and Android TV, iPhone and Android. So, hey enjoy that stuff and Hassan thank you so much for taking the time to discuss thank you for having me I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and uh, it's been a pleasure been a pleasure for me too and I'm going to close up by thanking everyone for listening